So this woman's name was uh, Camilla Walker. Uh, everybody called her Cammy. She worked for this advertising agency. She was their uh, art director. Apparently, pretty big firm, and she had a she was a big shot, uh, big position in a big company. She was doing well. Uh, she was 33, uh, had just gotten married, and about a month or so after the the wedding. She was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis, MS. And it pretty much assaulted her body, uh, physically um, and, and very much emotionally. She started losing uh, use of her hands, loss of vision in one eye. Not long after that, she lost the ability even to walk. This great promising career that she had was really started to come apart because she just couldn't she couldn't be at work she became seriously depressed which kind of understandable became addicted to painkillers they said she was in and out of emergency rooms like a couple of times a week her new marriage was beginning to crater like it was a nightmare like a like an epic nightmare and she said um, after the diagnosis you know sort of in retrospect she she was noticing symptoms but she just kind of chalked it up to stress this sort of intense job she was working kind of fast-paced life Anyway, she was a mess. She had this friend of hers, was a, a, a former neighbor of hers, who she said was very spiritual, like uniquely spiritual, not, not particularly religious. Um, in fact, she didn't even really know what religion she was. Christian, but way more re spiritual than religious, and she called her because she was desperate. She just didn't know where to go or who to talk to. So this is what she said when she called her. I called her thinking I'd have a little pity party. Well, that's not what I got. Instead, she told me to stop thinking about myself and start thinking about others. And then this is what that woman said more specifically. She said, I love this. Listen to this. I think this is such a great statement. She said, if you spend all your time and energy focusing on your pain, you're just going to feed the disease. You'll make it worse by putting all your attention there. She said, you're falling deeper and deeper into a black hole. But I'm going to give you a tool to help you dig yourself out. So here's your prescription. She said, I'd like you to give away 29 gifts over the next 29 days. So for the next 29 days, each day, you got to give somebody some kind of gift. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't even have to be a material gift. It can be the gift of yourself. It could be 
kindness or thoughtfulness, time, mercy. Anyway, that was her advice. Give of yourself 29 times 29 days. And she thought to herself, this is crazy, like, are you nuts? Didn't you just hear what I told you that I'm going through? How my life is falling apart, and now you're asking me to, to think about 29 other people? But she said she was desperate, and she respected her, so she did it. So for one month, she just focused on acts of kindness, mostly small acts, small gestures. If they were gifts, pretty modest gifts. But she did it. And she said things began to turn around. Like, she couldn't believe how fast things started to change, physically. By day 14, she was walking again. By day 29, which was the end of this sort of experiment, she went back to work. Part-time, but she went back to work. Her whole perspective changed. So she wrote a book about it. This, exp this experience, this prescription. The name of the book is 29 Gifts. How a month of giving can change your life. And it pretty much chronicles the 29 days and the 29 gifts and the resurgence of her health. The MS doesn't go away, but it did recede. And in the ways in which it didn't, she said she just learned to live with it. Anyway, the book, I think there's 29 chapters. Each book is a gift. A description of the gift, of the, the person, who, the recipient, the, the circumstances. None of them are big. None of them are expensive. In fact, pretty much all of them are like objectively insignificant, these, these gifts that she gave. But she did it, kind of this giving spirit. Small stuff, but giving. But according to her in this book, like that is exactly what rescued her from despair and depression, hopelessness. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about others. And give what you've got and it doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't need to be a lot. But you've got to give. Because if you don't, you're just gonna feed this disease. Well, it's pretty much the gospel. It's a powerful story. It's a true story. It's kind of nothing new. Most great stories, you can trace them back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You really can. At least the stories that are about truth and freedom and hope. One way or another, you can... They make your way back to those four Gospels. 
I mean, listen to this one, or just consider the one we just heard. This huge crowd of people. They've been with Jesus all day. And then he says uh, to the apostles, so how are we going to feed these guys? And Philip's like, are you crazy? There's no way we can feed them. We can't possibly feed the number of people that are here. And Andrew says, well, there's this kid who's got a little bit of bread and even a little, even less fish, but he's got this food. It's not going to be enough. It's not even going to be close to enough, but he's got it. So Jesus says, go get that kid. And the rest is history. God uses almost nothing to do pretty much everything. I think in the course of life. It's usually little stuff that becomes the difference. If we kind of follow that prescription of that neighbor, this kid, this kid with the bread and the fish, like, who's he? Like, what was he, what was the deal? What was he there for? Like, maybe he was with his family. Maybe they were there listening to Jesus. That makes sense. But like, what's he doing with this food? Or maybe that's what they, they had it for themselves that day. Maybe he overheard Jesus and the other guys, Jesus saying, let's feed him. And the others saying, we can't. They say there were 5,000 people there. Like, think about that. That's crazy. I mean, how many restaurants are there in Long Beach? Point Lookout. Add them up. Throw Island Park into the mix. I mean, if you took all the restaurants and you, they were at capacity, I don't think you, I don't think you could feed 5,000 people, could you? I see Jimmy Hayes back there. Jimmy, could you do could you do 5,000 people? I mean, there's no there's no way. And Jesus is saying, and by the way, there was no first century Palestine. There's no Jimmy Hayes to go to. There's no there's no restaurants. And Jesus says to this kid, bring the little bit of bread and bring a little bit of fish. And let's see what happens. It's kind of what that woman said to the, the woman with MS. Bring the little you got and give it away and see what happens. See how life changes. I remember I was um, out the other night with a, a friend of mine who I've known for years. I met him, it was in my first parish. It was before I was ordained, I was in the seminary. And I was, uh, eighth grade class in the school that year I got close to and this guy who's now in his 40s he was probably 14 at the time I've just stayed in touch with him over the years his name is Joe and when he was in college uh, I went up to visit him one weekend just to kind of hang out and I met a bunch of his friends it was a you know, it was a fun weekend anyway I'm talking to him the other night and he's telling me about one of his college buddies and he said he was um going through a tough time kind of perfect storm of big stuff bad stuff hitting him all at once and 
they're just talking about it. And then this guy said to, to Joe, my friend, he mentioned the conversation I had with him that night, 20-whatever years ago. And he just said, yeah, you know, Father Brian said a couple of stuff that I, I kind of always remembered. And I've tried to like, tap into it um, this last, these last couple of weeks during this tough time. I don't remember that conversation at all. Like, I don't even remember the person. Like, I don't even know who he's talking about. Talk, look at how, like, little stuff. A small conversation. Maybe a little bit of time you just give to somebody who just needs it in that moment. And it sticks. And 20 years later, he pulls that file out and he's able to kind of use it to help him get through a tough time. It's this gospel. It's this whole bread and fishes thing. It's pretty much nothing. But it becomes the prescription. It becomes the, the difference. So what do you have that you need to give? And it doesn't have to be a lot. Maybe it shouldn't even be a lot. But it's what somebody needs. And it becomes sort of the, the pathway to freedom for us. That woman, Cammie, the one who wrote the book, she died last year. So there was no miracle. She died, the MS ultimately did take her. But she lived with it for 14 years, this, in this very renewed 14 years. The book was a huge bestseller, New York Times. She formed this community of, of outreach to people who were just alone, searching, lost. And that prescription that was sent her way, she just sent it everybody, to everybody who, would, who needed it. So the last 14 years of her life were amazing. Not to mention the people she helped. The people who read that book who took that prescription and discovered freedom and hope. God takes small things and he makes them great. So let him take you.